What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 17 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I'm your host, Alex Arona, and with me this week is a cheap bootleg copy host, Joel DeWitt. Excuse me, I prefer host Junior. Also with us is Eric Gettinger. Hey, Getty. At least he doesn't prefer bootleg Magic the Gathering. <laughs> one might call Magic the worst Hearthstone. Mm. No, literally no one calls it the no. worst Hearthstone. I would do it. Yeah. This week, we'll give abridged highlights of our favorite E3 announcements or trends and news, get indie with it in our backlog blog, and give a due date for our next video game homework. But first, as always, is our early adopter segment where we try out alphas, betas, or new releases that piqued our interests. This week, I'd like to start out with a game that I played called Far Lone Sales. I played, I played this about a month ago, and I just haven't had the opportunity to bring it up. Have either of you guys heard of it? Not other than what you mentioned, no. Right, only what you said. Okay, so there's a game called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which we played this weekend, uh, Getty, but... Yep. I, I haven't had a chance to discuss on this podcast, where you have a ship and there are several jobs throughout the ship that take more than one person, and you guys have to combine, move around, and do all these jobs. This is a single-player experience that is more akin to Journey, but you are in a giant tank roving ship, and you are driving across country to perform a task. It's very minimalist, like very simple paint they look like hand painted artwork and very minimalist music that swells as you achieve certain goals or move past a horizon it really is like a very beautiful very simple game and throughout your travels you have to perform tasks such as finding fuel putting it in your engine letting out steam or else it can cause damage to your engine putting up sails putting out fires which is a big deal especially in lightning storms and repairing wear and tear uh, and then each of these times you're in a ship that's compartmentalized with different rooms and different tools to perform these tasks and as you're doing it you're say fueling up your engine you'll your ship is constantly driving across the country to perform the task every once in a while you'll be stopped by a door or a wall and you have to you, you have to get out as a little guy in a little coat and you have to perform these environmental puzzles to clear your path you'll have to go in and open this contraption that'll lift the door or find a way like a crane to clear your path just a lonely path to the end no multiplayer wow sounds pretty interesting but kind of disappointing that there isn't any multiplayer that was a really good highlight from journey just meeting people and kind of slightly being able to communicate but i think this one is purposely trying to tell the tale of just one singular path of you trying to you know whatever you're trying to achieve which of course in these games is a little bit of a mystery a little bit more you know uh it's environmental storytelling how did you manage the tasks was it easy or was it really difficult uh they were pretty simple tasks where you would just traverse a, a slight platforming puzzle to reach say an engine that you would press one button to turn on and then it would lift the door just the little things like that or you'd have to move a, a mine cart out of the way which would then let you go up on top of another ledge that you couldn't reach otherwise to reach a lever that you had to pull okay 
Uh, I really liked it. I don't think it's as good as Journey, but I, the experience I had made me feel very attached to the character. The music really made me feel uh, part of the part of the journey, hitting the, you know, not to put a pun in there, but uh, when there was lightning and a storm and you got caught in it, the the way the strings came in and the way the, the music swelled, it just made me anxious to want to get out of the storm and try to be safe. Um, and then just when you go to the, the horizon and dawn breaks, it's just a beautiful, quiet moment. And it hits a lot of the 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 emotional spots that I, I felt good about. I think it does belong up there with uh, some of the games that are, uh, I want to say, in the conversation with Journey, like Abzu, where you can play it and just kind of relax and feel calm and be part of this very quiet journey. You don't know where you're going, but the path is there and you're making your way through. And it's a very short game. I want to say two, three hours, but... Uh, I like the time that I spent with it. So I, I would recommend that for anybody who liked Abzu or something like that. Now, we also played a secondary game. Oh, uh, real quick, I did want to mention that Fire Alone Sales, I did write a review on our WordPress blog and our Reddit. So anybody wants to check that out. But something came out of E3 that was interesting. Devolver Bootleg. Joel, you, you were the one who brought this to my attention. So Devolver and typical Devolver fetch and used E3 to create a surreal Tim and Eric sketch-like thing. And one of the things that came out of their announcement it was a day of release of something called Devolver Bootleg, which is a compilation of little independent games that are kind of these cheap facsimiles of their hits. So like, for example... Uh, Enter the Dungeon it has something called Enter the Dun Dungeon, uh, or Ape Out. Instead of that, it's Ape Out Junior. Hotline Miami. Instead, now it's Hotline Milwaukee. It's good. <laughs> so yeah. they're, they're these very uh, playing on the titles of their own games, and, and they're kind of mock-offs or send-ups of their older popular titles. Uh, really, what even the trailer is trying to evoke, like... You think of those late night infomercials where it would be like selling these 301 games on one disc uh, compilations, and realistically, it'd be like 20 unique games, and then all the other ones would be some variant of Solitaire or Snood. <laughs> but yeah. uh, instead, it's it's playing off of that, and so these are all sort of low-rent versions of those games or uh, strange homages to probably things closer to, like, NES games. So, like, for example, there's a game on here called Cat Game, and it's basically an NES Castlevania game. It's or um, it's a mashup between, like, a Castlevania game and uh, Ghosts and Goblins, where it's a cat that runs into a, a suit of armor, and then you're walking around and hitting things with a sword, and it moves a lot like NES Castlevania. Then if you did hit, uh, the cat's armor falls off, and then suddenly you're just a a, a man in an underwear with a cat head. That's <laughs> your last hit before you die. Or similarly, Enter the Gun Dungeon is pretty much like Enter the Dungeon, except it's it looks like an NES title, a lot more simplified. The, the gameplay feels closer to something like... Uh, what is that game called? Bid money, bid prizes. I love it. What the 
hell is that name? Oh, Smash TV. Yeah, yeah it plays like Smash TV. <laughs> so now, uh, um, Joel, did you understand the reference to the the Cat Castlevania game? No, I didn't. There is an indie game which I have in my backlog. I'm ready to kind of start going through as well, called Gato Rabato, mm-hmm. and it is basically a cat getting into the Metroid suit. <laughs> and oh, the so game, the game is like Super Metroid. It, it's a direct reference to that. Yeah, it's an indie wow. game that came out. I want to say two, three months ago. Okay. And it actually has a lot of praise for it. It's a very hot game, and if you read. Uh, through the Steam page, it gives you descriptions of the games, and for that one, it says, "It's a cat in a suit of armor. What else do you want?" <laughs> and it's like, well, I, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> like that's what Gato Roboto was. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if anyone is familiar. Uh, Getty, have you ever seen a Devolver press conference? I have not. It's a big running joke of. Uh, play it's it's uh it's Adult Swim humor of we're corporate we're here to sell you to spy and sell your souls and it's like and then they, they just, really they really act as a mockery of the other E three presentations so like <laughs> pr- prior years that they would explicitly mock like the trends in gaming like microtransactions and things like that and then this year it was a complete send up of the Nintendo Direct format. <laughs> Yeah, I think last year, I think they killed somebody. Like, they pulled somebody on stage and they shot him with a gun, like, to his face. And it was, like, 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 supposed to be, like, a whole, like, jokey bit about it. And everyone's like, oh, this is all uncomfortable and kind of extreme. (laughs) Jeez. Well, well, even this year, they they ended the quote-unquote presentation. And then, you know how Nintendo has the treehouse stuff afterwards? And and they go to that, and it's, like, a a couch and set that looks like belongs on Married with Children. And it's basically the host, like, screaming at the uh, other guests on the show for what they had like to count down for 12 hours i don't know if they actually went through that whole time but <laughs> yeah so uh while everyone's got these serious press co- press conferences devolver will come up and they'll they'll put they'll show off a couple of indie games here and there that they're releasing relatively soon and then they'll just have these intermissions where it's just like in your face screw you we don't care what you have to say and like just like i think in the devolver press conference area they had purposeful like reviews that companies had given that the devolver press conference is garbage and it was just like a paragraph of how the devolver press conference was bad and they had them framed in the bathrooms (laughs) so they really kind of lean into kind of like we're the bad guys and all this stuff so it's kind of interesting so when they released this it was five bucks and it was supposed to be kind of a joke, but it's also, again, when you have descriptions like, it's a cat a cat in armor, what do you want? It's like, oh, you're just kind of leaning into it again, where you just guys are kind of the villain. Which, I think this would be good as, like, a, like when we were talking about the April Fool's episode, I thought this would have been a good April Fool's joke. Mm-hmm. You know, more akin to that than, like, an E3 release, because to me, like... I'm like, there's a lot of good news here, and I want to hear what you have to say, but you're kind of being obnoxious about all the, like, all the, inter- like, I just, tell me what you have with games. I don't, yeah, some of your stuff is kind of much for me. What do you want from me? <laughs> exactly. Well, obviously, they know what I want, which is a cat in a suit of armor. Well, I mean, the fun- the funny thing is that the games here are competent. It's just that they're, they are, like I mentioned before, you know, cheap mocks of their popular ones, and then they they play like nes 
pretty vintage stuff to where, like, it's funny in the moment, but realistically, if I'm going to want to play an old Castlevania, I'm probably going to go find an old Castlevania to give a try, not this joked thing. So, I, I got my five bucks worth out of it, but it's not something I see clinging on too long with. Yeah, it's the same here. I thought it was a funny joke. Uh, I just thought it was a funny joke for the short time. <laughs> uh, so, Getty, I've been waiting to hear about this one because this was only for Android, and I, I was very jealous. So, tell me about Mario Kart Mobile. Oh, first I have to start by saying, fire the tube! So, I like that. Do you love playing Mario Kart on progressively smaller screens with limited controls? Possibly. I did own a Wii U. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> continue. So when you load up the game, you're going to need driver, right? Uh -huh. All right, so they automatically give you one driver, one cart, and a glider. Wait, which driver? Uh, in my experience, I got towed to start. Does it pick for you, or does it? it's always the same? I couldn't tell you, but from my experience, it was, I got towed. Which, okay. I actually ended up playing with Toad a lot. He wasn't bad. He's actually pretty quick in the overall He's my main. of the game. Hmm? He's my main. Yeah? Yeah. When I play Mario Kart, I'm always Toad. And he's the best. Mm-hmm. That's what he says in the Unsteeple. He, he says so. <laughs> yeah. So, you get your cart, you get your, your rider and your glider, and they set you off into the tutorial. Controls, very simple. You automatically move forward, and then you move your thumb one way or the other to turn, and then mm -hmm. to use your abilities, uh, whatever you pick up in the mystery boxes, you tap the screen. Okay. So, in is all... There, hmm? Is there any drifting? There is drifting, and it plays a big part because it helps to speed you around the other racers. Is there a, is there a special finger movement for that, or it's just holding the turn and then your other you, finger holding the turn even more you give it a real hard turn okay even if you're going straight you can try and do the turn which it was it was okay but there were times when i could have honestly just booted up the game and walked away and i feel like i could have gotten first place in some of the races <laughs> oh really yeah not a not a lot going on right there but well, did they offer any varying difficulty? Like the traditional games have fifty, one hundred, or one fifty cc different uh, speeds that ramp the difficulty up. Yeah, you had to unlock it through further playthrough. Okay. So you start okay. with your your fifty, and then after I want to say it was three of the circuits, they unlocked the one hundred, and then after another three, you got to one fifty. So. With each of those, you had the opportunity to get more points. Mm -hmm. This game was so heavy on this point system. What do, you, what do you get points for? So you get points for winning races, performing actions during races, such as jumps, hops, hitting people with your banana peel, drifting... <laughs> Just uh, when you glide, you also get points, depending on how far you go. Okay. And then you use those points to obtain stars. So the stars help you to unlock more of the cups. Mm -hmm. And they also, after a certain amount, will unlock gifts. 
for you. Oh, as you do. Though that's your randomized box equivalent, I assume. Uh, in the beta, it was set as an item, so you got five emeralds, and then mm. after you collected forty-five emeralds, you got to fire the tube. Yeah. And firing the tube is your way of unlocking more racers, more carts, more gliders, and potentially duplicate items. Okay, now, you've played some games with some loot boxes. Yes, I have. Now, if Destiny is up... Or not Destiny. Um, if Overwatch is up there as, like, some of the best loot boxing animation, now I'll say Rainbow Six Siege, where you just open, like, a little pack of, like, foil cards <laughs> as, like, low... Would you say this is pretty solid, op- like, loot box opening animations? Does it get you pumped? I'll, I'll walk you through it. All right. Mm-hmm. So you put your thumb on the screen. Mm-hmm. You get a firm hold on that tube. On board. You move your thumb back. You let go, mm-hmm. and it shoots the tube into the air. And it cool. it's like a cannon. It's like... Pew, 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 pew. And then it reveals all of the items that you collected. In Is it, sat- is it satisfying? Man, I got so many duplicates, it wasn't even funny. Ugh. <laughs> I, granted, it is the beta, so there was some expectations that I wasn't going to be able to unlock everything. But then mm-hmm. when I saw people riding around with their Metal Mario, which was... Did they, like, did they have the Bentley car? I didn't see any Bentley car, but the Metal Mario and his metal cart was the premium, top-of-the-line stuff. Super okay. ultra-rare that you could potentially unlock. Hmm. All right. So I'd say it's probably a middle ground box opening animation. Did you have options to buy tube firings in the beta? <laughs> That's such a weird sentence. Right? No. <laughs> Never uh, thought I'd well, hear those words together. No, not really. You could okay. do more work to try and unlock as many emeralds as possible, or collect as many emeralds as possible, which did... Okay, so... You could do races and hope to unlock enough stars so that they'd give you emeralds. In the beta, there was also two other things that could help you to get emeralds. The first was a competitive race that your collective points for the cup would be scored against all of the other players. Okay. So in what I was able to do, 20 other racers, I scored the top spot the first week that I played. And it gave me, like, 30 emeralds. Perfect. The other thing that you could do is fill out a bingo card with all of these different challenges in the game. And this is Mm. the kind of thing that would actually bring me back to it. Okay. Because one of the challenges is, like, hit people with shells three times during the race. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know if I love the... I mean... I, I like that idea, and I like those, but I don't know if I love in-game challenges only due to the fact that it alters how you play, which can hinder, like, if it's like, jump over and do this stuff three times, then you're going to be trying to do a race, and you're trying to win and take it serious, and then people are, like, just fucking around doing this other stuff. Nah, because everybody's still going full speed. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, you can't control that, right? No, you, it, well, you can control some as- aspect of it, but not the base speed that you're going. So if you do okay. jumps, you do... Your uh, speed pads, those will help Mm. you to go faster, but other people may very well be trying to unlock these extra tasks. Yeah, and I'd be be more concerned about that, Arona, if 
it was a multiplayer team-based game, so like if it was Overwatch, and they were saying one of the challenges was play as Mercy and damage boost five times in a match when yeah. you're not usually accustomed to playing that character. I think that's where it really throws it off. Yeah, okay. All right, well, uh, what was your... Overall, how, what was your takeaway from it? Did you feel good about this? Do you think that it's ready for a primetime release? Or do you think that there are some changes that you yourself would like to see before this is out? So for me, it felt like a very complete product. There were a couple of times in... I, I played it every day to try and get a feel. The races, I could get into a race any time of day longest i waited was probably 10 seconds for it to load Mm. the stability was excellent the things that i would change would be the way in which you get emeralds it seemed like people are going to pay and that's going to take a lot of the fun out of it Mm -hmm. because uh, here's one of the other parts that i thought really sucked each time you go into a race you select your driver okay Mm-hmm. Depending on which driver you select, you can only hold so many items. So when you run over the mystery box, you either get mm-hmm. one, two, or three items. So if you're in a race that favors Bowser and you're using Toad, you're probably only going to be able to get one item. So that Wait, means... wait. So there are character-specific item limits based on... The level. The um... So based on the race, you may only be able to use one, two, or three items. I don't know if I how I feel about that. Mad. That's Not how mad. I, I just it to me it just seems like an odd choice. It just it seems it seems like weird. Like that doesn't it's unnecessary. They're trying to get you to maximize your points. So by having to pay to unlock these characters, then yeah, you can okay. further unlock more of the cups. So the first couple, they unlock pretty quickly because you'll find it's very easy to get enough points to get enough stars so that it unlocks the cup. But then when you get to right where I was at the end, where you need Mm -hmm. another 30 stars, then you have to start going back and trying to figure out, oh, how how the hell am I going to do this? I need to get Bowser (laughs) so that I can get more points in this race. Ugh. No. No, thank you. Sounds awful. That was... The really frustrating part is that I felt like I was doing pretty good, and then I hit that wall where it was like, all right, if you want to go any further, probably have to pay some money. Of course. Yeah, that's how they get you. Yeah, they get them whales, you know. All right, so you would go back, you liked it, you felt like if it was a complete product, is there anything that you would change? There's not too much that I would change. Probably the point system. Otherwise, okay. you're just going to continually play the same races over and over and over again for mm-hmm. one tiny little bit more points. No. But yeah, I, they, I guess, yeah. they have to have some kind of hook to get people to pay for the product. That makes sense. I'm, I'm excited to try it. I hope that the beta comes to iPhone at some point or that it doesn't cost money at all. Yeah, but it's the we'll dream. See. Right? Like Mario, the Mario Run game was semi-free, where like you got like first two stages out of like five worlds for free, and I, I thought that I, was that was a pretty polished product. I think from what I remember hearing, hearing this is going to be free to play. Is it? Yeah, they're 
they're going to take the Fire Emblem route and uh, loot box the hell out of it and white whale it. You mean fire the tube the hell out of it? Yeah. you got to fire the tube. Fire the tube. Now that we've all said it, I'm going to move on. Well, we got a taste of the bootleg here, but when we come back, we'll get to the real deal with some of our favorite E3 moments when we return. And we're back. Time for some news. Not all the news, just the news that we want to talk about. E3 is still going on but there's too much news to discuss. So we each brought two of our favorite E3 moments. Let's go around the table and talk about them. I want to start with Keanu fucking shit up. <laughs> Coming out of the gate, like, hitting hard with the the, the gun fingers. Just like, really, it's like, oh, let's go. Telling everyone they're beautiful. Coming out for uh, Cyberpunk. And it was a surprise to everybody. Did uh, you guys take a look at this? I did. It was oh, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I just it does show you how much value there still is in being things at E three that aren't spoiled yet. Because if that had been leaked out, it would have really taken the wind out of the sails of the surprise, right? Yeah, I, I think it definitely because it had such a heavy impact. I watched just re- Keanu reactions on YouTube. <laughs> it's like Keanu reactions on YouTube, and it was just like people freaking the fuck out when he just popped out and he was just he was just such a nice guy just saying oh you're all beautiful and i was like oh man come on be nicer did you hear the the guy who uh, yelled out to him you're breathtaking yeah <laughs> and he he was offered a copy of cyberpunk for some reason from cd project red cool no i i heard he then he then just requested that they donate the the games to uh the hospital that he works at or something like that even better yeah, all around wholesome. Just like a wholesome, heartwarming story of Keanu Reeves being a badass. I can't wait until something awful comes out about him and the whole world has to turn on him. What? That's not going to happen. The guy's been through <laughs> maybe, enough already. Maybe Dogstar, his band, sucks or something. I don't know. We'll see. I can't, I can't even imagine. I'd still give his band a chance because he's so awesome. Joel, you're up. Hit me. Oh, uh, do you guys know that there's a Breath of the Wild sequel? I had heard that. It's that rumors. Is, that is fucking nuts. Like, like that that's crazy to me that uh, they announced it this year. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I'm predicting holiday 2020. It's going to come out. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is what, what also is surprising is uh, I, I read some research that they, they typically, on average, announce a new Zelda game three years between releases not like not the three-year mark between releases in general but from when a game comes out they generally have three years before they'll announce the next one and this is uh two years so they they jumped the gun a little bit early on this one i wonder if it'll make it next year seems aggressive cotton let's see if it pays off (laughs) well you think about uh they're using the same world as breath of the wild uh they're clearly using the same like uh animation and character sets with the trailer that you saw with uh, Lincoln and Zelda. Granted, Zelda has shorter hair, which is a big deal, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I in my mind, it's like 
you got the template already there. Now you're just amending it to match what story you want to have, plus however you want to adjust the landscape to mark it as a, a passage of time, right? So I think I think there's opportunity there for be, for it to be a quick turnaround this time around since they're kind of doing the Majora's Mask route with it. Now, let's say, how long did it take between uh, Ocarina and Majora's Mask? I want to say that was two years. Okay. Hmm. So they're, they're still even taking more time with this one, which is fine. I mean, that game was massive, so. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Getty, you're up. Uh, I'm up. Jeez, I mm-hmm. thought we were... Okay. So how about that <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake? It, it, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. Really heavy on the combat. I really want to see what they do with all of the rest of the game, though. What? Well, I mean, the thing is, though, is that if you if you look at all a, a lot of game trailers at E3, there was a like a, a, a much less emphasis on actual gameplay. So them showing what the game was and how it worked and the mechanics and you know just all, all the characters and boss battles, I was I was excited to actually know what we're getting. Yeah, that fight scene is going to be so cool to play. It's a lot more dynamic than it was back in, geez, what, 97? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've come around to your guys' line of thinking. It's going to be much more enjoyable just re-experiencing some of the parts of the world and having it reimagined in current gen and being able to dive deeper from what it sounds like than what the original had. Oh, man, think about how cool it'll be to walk around in the Shinra building to actually go up to the front desk and see what that's all about did you see the footage it looked real pretty oh yeah oh yeah even the bike oh yeah (laughs) um though i it it makes me kind of upset in the process of them making it because they don't they, they have they were quoted at e3 saying they don't know how many games this is and they they, they kept calling this this game not this collection they just kept saying this game is this I feel like if they extend beyond three games, they're pushing their limit on what they did away with. Hey, you ever see those Hobbit movies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. I've seen all the of point. them, the extended <laughs> versions. But well, I mean, okay. Uh, well, there, there was a JRPG back in the PS2 era that it, it was one story across four different games on it. But even even those, like that, that model, I don't think works well. Was it four? Are you talking about Xenosaga? Because I'm looking at it right now. And I was yes. going to say, didn't Xenosaga not get there? I thought it got there. I thought it hit I... three. It's, but it was supposed to be like five to six. Uh. So what I'm saying <laughs> is that they never got there. Yeah, okay. So then that's running the same risk if they try to get away with more than three, I think. I, I think I think given that the original disc was... The original game was three discs, you might be able to logically say oh pair it up that way but uh i think you're once you get to 180 dollars plus you're, you're stretching what you did away with well that's because you know it's going to be 60 dollars a piece they yeah. are already on record saying that this one is going to be two blu-ray discs so 
What, what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> no one's the installer, and then one is the uh, actual mean, game we, file. We haven't gauged like uh, length of game based off the disc ever since like the PlayStation One or Two. So it's it's kind of a non-explainer unless they. It like, it isn't it isn't though because if you think about it, the last game I can I can remember that had the double disc Blu-rays was Red Dead. Oh. So think about that. I mean, here's the thing. They're putting so much into this one section of the game that I can't imagine it's less than four. I mean, all, I know, all I know to say is there better be no patches for this game if they're going to force <laughs> you to change discs. Day one so, patch. So you have <laughs> Midgard, is, Midgard is game one. Eris is game two. Cloud, background, and breakdown in game three. And then just finish it up in game four. You're calling four? I'm calling for, but again, I may be in my 40s by the time that fourth one comes out. It's not going to stop you. Nope. I'm calling it. Okay. So, my second one is Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, The rumors came true that it is not a game about hacking so much as it is recruiting people so that you're essentially anonymous. And instead of hacking, like you can hack stuff, but you also just swap people. And the trailer, the big focus was on the elderly. There was there was an old lady in her look like seventies or eighties, and she just straight up shot a cop in the face. Her name was Helen, <laughs> and she was an old school hacker and just shot a cop in the face. And then they kept, then they're like, oh, here's the and that was the gameplay. Then the commercial, they show the same thing, but except this time she goes execution style to the cop in the back of the head. Well. It's like, man, you are saying something, Watchdogs. You were just, like, I just thought that was, like, so extreme that it's like, oh, God, you can recruit the elderly, which, of course, everyone then said, I just want a team of elderly. Do it. Which, <laughs> that, that just seems hilarious to me. There is some unintended, like, commentary in that whole <laughs> statement you just said about how, like, you can switch to people. And even the trailer shows, like, uh, you play as one character, getting off as that character, and then they pan right to grandma. <laughs> it's just the idea that like everybody is so disposable. I wonder how they tie together a decent narrative with that. Yeah, and I agree on that, that it is very disposable people. I mean, they reference it, and they're like, he didn't make it, but you can. <laughs> and it's like kind of sad, but not really. But the other part was, at least it shows that like elderly still serve a purpose. Ouch. As Ace Ventura. No. Was it? No, that was Dumb Happy and Dumber. Dilmore. That was no, that was Dumb and Dumber. Oh yeah. They got, they got yeah. robbed by the old lady? Okay, yeah. Yep. Joel, you're up. So uh the other thing I noticed is that uh this year is the year of oops all JRPGs. Uh eh, don't you mean remasters? Look if it's new to me. <laughs> so, I mean, between Square Enix and Nintendo, there was something like 12 different titles uh, announced for uh, not just Switch, but a lot of them for Switch. Uh, obviously, Final Fantasy VII Remake. There was a Final Fantasy VIII Remaster, Romancing Saga Three, Saga Starlet Grace, Onanaki, which is a new one, uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, The Last Remnant Remastered, and then on Nintendo, there was Collection of Mana, which has uh, Trials of Mana, which has never been released in the West. 
Nino Kuni 1, a port of the PlayStation 3 game, Dragon Quest 11, Grandia Collection, and Decida? Decida? Disgaea. This, damn it. <laughs> Disgaea 4 uh, being re released on Switch, too. So, like, how do I hold all these JRPGs? <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know where to start with it after I did done with nine eventually here. Uh, you move to eight, and, and then to seven because that'll be about the same timing. Well, no, I wouldn't even go to seven until it's complete. So when you're forty. <laughs> well, I guess he's got their games planned out for the next what, six years. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nino Kuni's real good, man, and it's Studio Ghibli. I already, I already own that. <laughs> I bought it on PlayStation Three digitally. It must have been do, on sale for five bucks. And do you want to pull hook up your PS Three, or do you just want to grab your Switch? I, I can't justify buying that <laughs> again. I feel <laughs> like fact, you can. The, the fact that I forgot that I own the damn thing. <laughs> but you'll remember it on your Switch. <laughs> no, now I'll just remember that I have it already. <laughs> and Getty, finish this up here. Nerd Rage Time. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Avengers. Yep. Dear Internet, are you really that shocked that they couldn't drop the $4.8 billion for Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans' likenesses? Really? Really? Well, did anybody else just cream their jeans when they saw that it wasn't just... It was some random white dude that was playing Spider-Man and not Tom Holland? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Why? Why not? I don't know. Because oh, good question. Because Spider Man looked good. I mean, you have to admit it was kind of funny seeing Dollar Tree Avengers when they popped up there. Because because Spider Man looked good. Oh, Spider Man does look good. Yeah. yeah. The thing I was struck with is just how much they bundled that presentation on Square Enix's stage. Like they spent so much time going over two dudes on a stage talking about characters we all know by now because of the 10 year arc of the movies and then after that they switch over to the voice actors talking about how they interpret these characters that we've known for 10 years now assuming you've never seen a comic book before wow. I, I, I think that was part of the problem though from my understanding early murmurs right now is that they don't have a lot to show and yet the game comes out what this year Right? Does any, I think it, yeah. I think it comes out this year, but I, I don't think that they, it's ready, and uh, that's kind of why they were tap dancing around is because there's not there might not be a whole lot there. Uh, they did say that it was going to be kind of released in spots, and I think that's why. Yeah, you won't have to pay for any of the additional content. I think that's what they were saying. But there's also that's a, be, that's a, that's a saving grace. You know, more more characters too. From what they said, you'll have at least Ant-Man, because they previewed him a little bit. Cool. I mean, but what's the longevity on this thing? Is it going to be a Destiny or an Anthem? Mm. Don't know. Just going to have to <laughs> check it out and see what it's all about, I guess. Uh, rumor is gameplay is a little like Overwatch, which I thought was interesting. That's neat. I wonder how they I, you know, do that. I would do that. I would. I would be all on that. Well, E3 definitely gave us a lot to look forward to, but for now, let's focus on those ever-growing backlog blocks after the break.
back. Time to delve deeper into those back catalogs of shame in our backlog blog. I brought a game that, as it looks like, uh, Joel being the Nintendo guy, I'm slowly becoming the mobile guy and getting the PlayStation Plus guy. Hmm. I, see, I see a theme developing because uh, my game is a game called Cytus 2. C-Y-T-U-S-2. I've been trying to champion, champion this game for since the beginning of the year, end of the year last year. Uh, it is DDR for your phone. If you've ever, if you remember, there was a game Luminous, where there was is a lot of techno, a lot of like DDR type anime J- Japanese techno music, club music, and there was a movement bar that went left or right, back and forth. Citus 2 has that going up and down. As you pick songs, which they have uh, a bunch of characters that you can pick, and each character has uh, four to five songs, and you pick these characters, and then when you pick a song, it'll that bar will be moving up and down the screen, and you'll see notes appear that you have to tap with your fingers, or hold, or drag. And the drag is they'll make an outline, and you have to move it with the bar that's moving up and down the screen. Each, each of the notes, uh, the taps, the holds, the drags, all go along with the beat, and they all have three difficulties per song. Each character has different types of music, so it'll be like hard bass or happy house music, or it'll just be like metal mixed with a techno beat. And uh, you know, each one's got all these different uh, songs. Then there are other heroes that you can pick, but you have to buy them. It's like ten dollars a piece, which is like ridiculous considering it's a free game. This is on your phone. Yeah. So you could pay forty dollars. Ugh. But oh wait, no. There are. It comes with four people that have four to five songs each. Okay. Then there's four more, each one being like five to ten dollars a piece. Ugh. It's still... Alex, quick question: What yeah. kind of tube fire and animation is there for Cytus Two? Yeah, none. What? None. Just sick techno anime beats. <laughs> and I like, you know, I like I said before, I like a mobile game that you could pick up, play for like two and a half minutes to five minutes. That's like my sweet spot, and then just put it away for like days, and then come back and do that again. I and that's what this is. You you play for a song. And you play your techno song, and you do it, and you're playing all the beats and all that stuff, and you're dragging along. And then once you're done, you put it down, and you're good. The one cool bit is that uh, every song you complete, the uh, here's a song I've never played, and you do it on easy, and it pops you up to, once you beat it, it'll pop up a, like a forum, an internet forum, with a new comment. And I was like, this is kind of annoying, I don't know why this internet forum thing is in the game. But if you read through the comments, and it's a continuous story that leads to a sort of, like, uh, like every one of these characters is a DJ, and this is their music. And it's, it's all of these guys in a forum talking about this AI robot DJ. And then you get messages from the robot DJ talking about how it's starting to, like, think it's alive, and it's becoming a musical artist, and starts becoming sentient. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of weird background story that comes in when it's like, oh, I'm just going to play the song and tap on the screen for two and a half minutes. Did, does it do anything with that? Uh, well, again, I haven't played as much as I want to, so I've gotten only bits and pieces of the story so far. 
but I've, I've, I've played a good amount and I, I like where it's going. It's a little mystery that's slowly getting unraveled per forum blog post, but uh, I like the music. I like the difficulties because they ramp up. I don't, I don't, at a certain point, I can't use my thumbs anymore. I have to put the phone down and just tap my screen using all of my fingers. <laughs> that sounds a lot <laughs> less embarrassing than DDR for me, so maybe I'll tap this out. I, I would suggest it to anybody. Citus 2 is the jam. It's like the music is fun and interesting and these characters are kind of cool looking anime characters and then when you play there's nothing it's, it's kind of colorful but it, the backgrounds aren't even really necessary it's just listening to old it's not old it's new music but it feels like you're just sitting at a ddr arcade again that type of music that very specific type of music so i it, it brings me back and it gives me two and a half minutes to just tap my screen and listen to this old nostalgic kind of like japanese techno music and make me pumped all right so yeah i'll suggest Citus 2 to anybody that'll listen joel you played a game i had never heard of before yeah so actually uh i had played a while back a game called party crashers which was a four player versus competitive racing game where you were on a track and it was a battler with different items you could pick up a lot of different modifiers, I and mean, it had really sort of Tron-y kind of look with uh, the grid kind of motif. And I found out that they actually made a game before that called Party Golf. Okay. This is another multiplayer, four-player party game, and you play as the golf ball versus three others on a side-facing 2D map. And there will be a goal with the pin to the hole somewhere at the other end of the map, and then there will be varying terrains for a round. And you'll go several several rounds uh, where the goal is to try to be the first one that gets to the hole out of the four of your opponents. Okay. As you are playing the game itself, you actually aim by using your left uh, stick and then hitting A to fire your shot. And you move your aim and you can actually change both the trajectory and the power of the shot by how far you're pushing out the stick and it'll show the trajectory that you'll go in before you hit the fire button on it and so sort of do you guys remember or did you ever play a game called scorched earth yeah no okay so i didn't the, this was this kind of freeware game in the 90s where it was a one versus one tank battle game except uh you would it, take it's, turns. it's it's worms pre-worms okay that makes sense yeah yeah because you did different items that you can use and you would not only your attacks would not only hurt your enemy but it would also obliterate the terrain a bit as you're shooting stuff off side by side and it's like the last person standing wins uh but it's it doesn't have the terrain destruction on it, but it does have the same kind of like trying to plot out your trajectory with your shot. And if you overshoot something, then you have to sort of start from the beginning. And then if you undershoot it, there's a danger of having a roll back down and losing progress. And it's just, it's a really simple game, but it works really well. Uh, a lot of fun even just playing it's the computer it's not unfair and it's straightforward and simple enough to where you can just do a couple rounds in and out but i, I could see it being a lot more fun with three other people in a room too 
but it was only four bucks during a sale at Switch, so I sort of hopped on it, and uh, it, it was a neat little thing. I'd say it'd be worth adding to your multiplayer collection. I I will think about it, especially for four bucks. Uh, looking at the art, it, it reminds me of a game. You ever heard of Desert Golfing? No. Desert Golfing, it looks very similar to this, um, except for the way it would work is that you would hit the ball into the hole, and then it would just move the screen over, and then there's another hole. And it went <laughs> oh. endlessly. So it would, just, it would just keep going, just like endlessly, like a new golf, a new terrain, and a new hole. And then you just pan the screen over, next one. And you could go for like hundreds and hundreds of holes of just continuously like, oh, I'm just going to play this hole real quick, and then just like keep going. And uh, the art looks very similar to uh, Party Golf. Huh. Okay, yeah. so yeah, it sounds like it, this is that with multiplayer fits to it. Which... It sounds up my alley. I like I like Desert Golf a lot for my phone. Yeah. So, oh, Getty, hit me with that hot PS Plus action. Ooh, yeah. Let me tell you about this game I got for free. <laughs> free ninety nine. Free ninety nine. <laughs> so, this time I played Fallen Legion, which has a subtitle to it: The Flames of Rebellion. Uh was doing a little bit of research before the show and realized that this is actually one of multiple games in the series. So mm-hmm. now I kind of want to check out the other one. Okay. But yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's interesting. If I say Valkyrie Profile, do you guys know that game? Yes. Okay. So it was on the original PlayStation. It was a combat-based RPG. You go around mashing buttons to kill monsters and try and save souls and you can unlock additional characters by playing through the story so this game has a very similar feel to it and i loved valkyrie profile back in the day so i felt right at home the game is just uh, straight on you're watching your characters run across the screen you get up to a bunch of monsters and then you mash the buttons to fight it Each character has a certain amount of charges, three, and as you attack, one of the charges depletes, and you also have a block function. The thing that really makes it different is that as you're running through the levels, little prompts will pop up, and it'll say, like, some soldiers from the 5th Battalion are trying to start a riot. What do you do? And you'll get three different options to choose from, and Mm -hmm. they'll cause different buffs or debuffs during the stage okay so combat is not turn-based right it's not turn-based it's all happening all at the same time okay and you're going through these different uh you know what uh what was it dragons what was it there was a game that was that reminded me of of this where it's like it's is, is it full side scrolling you don't have any control over the side scrolling but mm-hmm. the characters just keep running to the right, no matter what. Oh, Valkyrie Profile. Now I'm remembering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I never... I never Welcome to the conversation, Joel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I was listening, but in the back of my brain, it was nagging me. It was just like... That's the one where the bots art was like a guy and a girl, and it had a very distinct art style to it, right? Mm, I don't know. It had a girl was... on it. Hmm... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, uh, what I was going to say was there's a game called Dragon's Crown. If you've ever heard of that, uh, that was a PS Plus game a long time ago. 
and I and it's very similar to this, where it's the side scrolling and you uh, have these different classes. But I think it has less of the choices that you had le- that you had made reference to. Okay, what game am I thinking of now? Shit. Um, we may never oh. find out. We may never find out. <laughs> Go on, sorry. Joel, Are there different classes? Uh, well, there's different characters. So okay. as you make it through the stages, you can fight against these characters, and then you get access to them. So you're automatically given a, a spear fighter and an archer, and then mm-hmm. after that you just get more and more. So I've got a dwarf with a giant hammer now. I've got a musketeer. I've got some girl that is walking around with a cannon. It doesn't really make sense to me. But I know that when she fires the cannon, it just hoses people. Sounds anime as hell. It's guys, a, it's guys, a, it was Vagrant Story. That's Vagrant <laughs> that's Story? That's not even close. Yeah. That's not even close. I mean, it's a square game. Yeah. I think you got that far. Well, uh, was, was Valkyrie Profile a square game? Uh, actually, it was, I want to say, Enix. Or no. Nope. Swing and a miss. Oh, Before, it was Square Enix. It was Square Enix. But, he's, a, he's, a, he's on the money. No, no. No, I just had to close the loop on what I was thinking of. I'm sorry. No, Vag- Vagrant Story was a Square game, but I want to yeah, say Yeah, but so, that no, so, so was Val- Valkyrie Profile. It I was an it Enix game, and then they were purchased by Square. Mm, okay, maybe it was like the sa- similar time? I definitely or, believe it was. It's same thing with Star Ocean. That was not oh, yeah. Squaresoft uh, IP. Now, let's talk about Star Ocean. Yeah, no, no, no. We've already gotten way too off topic of the game that I wanted to talk about. Fallen Legion, hit me. Uh, okay. I so so far I've gotten a couple hours into the game. It plays really quickly, and you can upgrade your character's moves a bit. But it's for something that was free. I'm enjoying it quite a bit, mostly because I just can mash the buttons and not have to worry. Uh, they do have kind of cool finishing moves that they do if you chain a bunch of attacks together, which cool. is another thing that reminded me of Valkyrie Profile, where if you got that stagger gauge all the way up, you do the really cool like finishing move. So, hmm. Now, um, you you said you only played a, a couple hours. I played a couple more since the time I started to type up what I wanted to say about it. So I'm probably hmm. like five hours in, but. I, probably close to the end of act two and there's four or five acts so hopefully by the next session i should be done with the game well i always gauge games on whether um just because i i know that we all don't have as much time as we used to so playing games to me means that i am giving a lot of like a giving time to a game is is important so I always gauge games on how far am I willing to go. Am I, I going to see this one through the end? So do you think that you're going to see this one through the end? Oh, yeah. Okay. To me, that's a that's a high mark because there are games where I've played and gone like five hours in and said, that is enough of my time for that. No, you know I'm a sick, sick person, so. <laughs> you do like to torture yourself. Dude, you have no idea. You hate being, you hate horror movies and horror games, and yet you play more horror games than anybody I know. Hey, I want to experience it. I just am scared to death of doing it by myself, okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're always there for you, buddy. It's dangerous to go alone. Here, take this. (laughs) So, that was some good work, guys. Three less games to be ashamed of. But now that damn game you guys assigned, 
let's talk about a real work of shame. Heavy rain. You guys assigned this homework, and I just wanted to give a quick reminder. In my absence, Quantic Dreams 2010 hit, Heavy Rain. Getty, you knocked that out real quick. Yep. Real quick, before I was even back. So we're going to set a day, a due date for two weeks from now. Uh, that's more specifically for me and Joel, just because it'll bust our asses to make us play it. So I'm not, I'm not going to play it, and I'm going to insert little factoids as if they are true. <laughs> and then we can test the audience as to who actually played it or not. To see who's telling the truth. Yeah. It's evil. Well, no, I've planned, I'm playing it. Like, I'm playing it, but that game, I can't tell. I, I, I've only played, I think, two to three hours of it. I just, I don't know if it's trying to tell me something or if it's got a message or if it's just kind of throwing in things left and right just to mess with you. So that's kind of where I'm at. Good luck with so that. I'm, I'm partially suffering through it right now, and uh, we'll get we'll be done in about two weeks. It's pretty cheap on PS3 and on sale currently for PS4 uh, and part of PS Now. So if anybody wants to jump in and play along, that would also be a thing you can do. I feel like I'm going to be a lot more forgiving of this than you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> really? You think that? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, tell, Telly and I played this way back when, when it came out. Uh, just as it, I like a good uh, sort of murder mystery story, and I'm a sucker for interactive storytelling too. Given how much Telltale stuff we've played, so. Uh, but I, it's got to be good. That's like my caveat. I love a good murder mystery. I love interactive storytelling, and I also like good games. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, I'm waiting to see if this how I feel about this. So far, it hasn't settled yet. Where I played it, and I'm like, okay. I don't know if I love it yet. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. You know, that's again, it's all objective. I'm, I'm being an ass. Now, on to one last thing. One last thing where we give our final closing notes for the upcoming week. I'll start this off by saying, Put Keanu in Smash, you cowards! <laughs> Joel? Animal Crossing New Horizons releasing in March 2020. Woo! How pumped is Kelly? Uh, she's teaming quiet, but she's screaming on the inside. Nice. I like that. I, March is going to be a very expensive month for us. Because I'm pretty sure we're going to have to do another switch. Oh, yeah, so she doesn't take yours up all the time? Well, I, it's going to be her Animal Crossing and uh, Stardew Valley machine, basically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she'll she'll be neck deep in it. Now, here's the real question. Are you going to buy Animal Crossing as well? <gasps> Do it. Double yeah. Animal Crossing homes. Yeah, well, we, we did that for uh, New Leaf, so I, it's sort of a given. I think we're Jesus gonna, Christ, dude. We're going to be down that rabbit hole for a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. You guys are out of control. Well, she's out of control. I just have to go along with it. Don't worry, sure, sure, sure. me. <laughs> Getty, what you got? Does anyone know where I can buy a life-size replica of the Buster Sword so I can put it next to the giant Illidan statue I don't have space for? I know of a $350 special edition that you can invest in. Thought about it Dude, already. That, <laughs> that Illidan statue is so huge. I still haven't even seen it unboxed. It's not unboxed. <laughs> Will it ever be unboxed? I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. Me and your sister are just going to go into your house and just rip the packaging open. Oh, you better not. We'll display it above your bed. 
there's nowhere to there's no room we'll build a shelf <laughs> i'll anchor that shit to the wall you know what i might actually pay to see that yeah i'm not great at carpentry yeah I, that's why it'd be really funny to watch <laughs> And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio. Where we did it! Fucking did it. We harassed and we complained and we nagged. Metal Gear Kevin, Solid Hartwig was back this week on Wednesday. He was solid and he's going to continue tomorrow. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m. Uh, you guys streaming anything? I feel like I still need to do some SteamWorld heist. I think okay. I might jump on some Outer Wilds here one of these fair nights. I've been asking you to do that just because I want to watch. I want to see what that game's yeah, like. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, yeah, because I'm very interested. Yeah, he wants to watch. Mm-hmm. Make sure to turn on your camera, too. <laughs> he wants to look in your eyes as you play. Getty, I'll set up a webcam in your house. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. And provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG, guys. Good game today. Get indie with, with. <laughs> I'm redoing that. That's a that's a tongue twister. Really? Yeah, that one got me, man. And I'm editing it this week. Okay, ready? <clears throat> Are they shooting fireworks like right now? Perfect. <laughs> Thank you.